In this episode, Christy Meyer of HR Works shares HR tips and strategies you can use to manage your small business more effectively. Our sponsor for this episode is Vilpreneurs. Vilpreneurs is a Louisville area entrepreneur organization dedicated to helping local small business owners build profitable, thriving organizations. They accomplish this through entrepreneur advisory boards, mentoring, workshops, and access to resources designed to help you grow your business. Learn more today by visiting vilpreneurs.com. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us live for this episode of the Winning at Small Business show. I am so excited. I've got a fantastic guest this morning. I've got Christy Meyer here with us. She is an HR professional, and she is so excited to share so many things with us about HR and how this can be a tool to help you grow your business. So welcome, Christy. How are you this morning? Hi, Adam. I'm doing very good. Thank you. Awesome. Very good. Well, thank you for taking some time out of your day to join us here on Winning at Small Business. So let's just go ahead and dive right in here. What got you interested in the HR field? How did you come to this line of work? Well, I actually, right out of college, I, I really didn't know I was going to get into the HR field, but I um, went into business and worked as an administrative assistant in a large corporation in their human resource department. And um, I really enjoyed getting into the people business. Mm. So once I, I had very good mentors, Um, So after I spent, I'd say, about two years in that uh, HR department as an assistant, um, and early on in that position, I felt very comfortable um, learning a lot about um, employee laws, relationships, um, uh, just a lot of the interaction with the employees and Mm -hmm you know, how how to treat the employees, that they're your core business of your operations. So this is where I wanted to be because I, I, I really wasn't sure of a specific industry that mm-hmm. I wanted to be in and realized that in human resources, it doesn't really matter what industry you are in. The HR laws, the employee relations are are for the most part pretty much the same across the board. So uh, once I dove into that, I just furthered my education, did a lot of hands-on training too, and um, here we are today. Wow, how about that? What a neat journey. And you mentioned something there that you had a lot of mentors and folks to help guide you along the way. Was there any one particular moment or particular lesson that you learned or something that was shared from a mentor that was a big aha moment that helped shape your perspective in the work you do today in HR? Uh, yes, I think it was within an, an employee meeting. Uh, I was brought in just to, as a learning um, technique, I guess, to sit in on there were some discrepancies between a manager and an employee. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk in the office. You're you're hearing different sides of the stories. And um, this mentor, when, when I sat in and was kind of like a fly on the wall in this meeting, 
he really took control and spoke to both the manager and the employee without um, being like biased. Like mm. he went on concrete information. Um, you know, of course, when you're dealing with employees and people, it you know, you're going to get a lot of feelings, a lot of emotions sometimes, sure. especially when you're dealing with tough employee issues. So when he led this meeting and the outcome was something that I, I couldn't even imagine before the meeting that we could come to, I was just so very impressed how wow. he led that meeting uh -huh. and what the outcome ended up being. And then I kind of watched that manager and that employee interact throughout the next couple of weeks. And I thought, hmm, I mean, this is really working. And they both you know, and ended up being, you know, very successful. And um, I tried to participate in, as in or be involved in as many of those employee meetings. And I think that's what I really, truly uh, realized that I want to be a part of mm -hmm. that um, uh, process and that oper operations within an organization. Wow. It's so neat to hear those kind of aha moments. And I often ask our guests about that, but it's so neat to hear those things that kind of was that core why. And what a neat story, because at the end of the day, you said at the very beginning that an organization can't grow beyond the quality of people that it's got. It's all about people and finding the best people and taking care of those people. But I think sometimes that it can get so complex and so complicated in early stage companies and those that are just getting started, they don't know a lot of the systems and processes and just what is required to build a quality organization focused on its people. And one of the things that you had shared with me was the importance of being proactive when starting a new company and the must have items that, that, organization needs versus the nice to have items. So could you expand on that a little bit in terms of what is it that a new company really does need need to have the must have items and what does it look to, like to be proactive when an organization is just getting started from an HR standpoint? Right, absolutely. We at HR Works we recognize that uh, a person starts a company because they know that product or that service or that industry. They don't necessarily know all the insides and outs of the employee labor laws, the relations, what's required. So uh, we are very adamant about being proactive. You know, let's get these things set up because um, as you start your company and start to grow, as many small business owners recognize, things start moving so fast and you get caught up in the actual um, product or service and the organization and, and you don't want to let the employee relations and the requirements fall to the side because chasing your tail in that situation mm -hmm. is definitely uh, more uh, very, you know, difficult. So um, we actually offer a complete new hire packet. So the required forms for a new employee, and it sounds very simple, the required versus the need to have. The required is a small list. Uh, the need to have 
that will help uh, the organization flow a little better and being proactive is a much longer list. But Mm -hmm. the need to have are your employee forms, starting out with um, your tax forms. So the only actual forms that need to be in an employee file are your tax forms. That's basically it. I know that sounds, you know, that can't be it, but if if the Department of Labor walked in and said, you know, I'm doing an audit, I'm here, I need to see your employee files, they're going to look for uh, tax forms and the I-9 to be completed. So Mm -hmm. uh, tax forms, the W-4 always needs to be completed. Employers ask us, do we need to update it every year? Uh, it, it is a good habit to update the W uh, for every year, get the you know right address. Uh, employees a lot of times like to make changes in their exemptions, so that's good. And any time an employee has a name change or an address change, the mm-hmm. W-4 is also the way uh, that needs to be followed up and documented. And then you have your state tax forms. Uh, Now, in Kentucky, they just uh, about a year ago uh, passed where there's just a flat 5% up to a certain amount of dollar that is withheld from employees' paychecks. So the Kentucky state form actually is is not required. Um, There are some other stipulations there, so you definitely want to read the tax form and see what applies to your employee. But the the W-4 form is what's required, and then the I-9. So a lot of employers get a little bit nervous about the I-9. There's a lot of, um, well, not a lot. There's there's a couple rules and regulations that go along with that. Uh, A lot of employers don't realize that the I-9 actually has to be filed separately from the employee file. Um, I believe that to be because on the I-9, not only do you have a lot of you know, private confidential information, your social security number, date of birth, things like that. But it's also talking about, you know, ethnicity. So any type of discriminatory um, characteristics are provided there. So that gets separate and in a separate I-9 folder. Um, The Department of Labor, that's pretty much what they're going to look for when they walk in and uh, say, just unannounced, hey, we're doing an audit. Mm-hmm. So uh, with the I-9, we also always get lots of questions about their the IDs that need to accompany the I-9. Um, you know, it, the I-9, it, it, if you go online and download it, it they're going to give you, I think it's about 12 pages. Uh, there's only three pages within those 12 pages that, the employer really needs to pay attention to. Obviously, it's the employee section, the employer section, and then there's a page that actually tells you what the acceptable IDs are and how to complete the I-9 form. A lot of times, employers will just have the employee complete their section, and they will copy the IDs um, that are required, and they feel like they've uh, completed their obligation. Um, the employer, regardless if you copy the IDs and keep a copy with the I-9, regardless, the employer still needs to complete that ID section and the employer section. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, there's there's some misconceptions about do I need to keep the copies of the IDs with the I-9s? And uh, a lot of employers do because in the event that the documents prove to be fraudulent, uh, the employee will have proof that the documents on their face appear to be genuine and to relate to the person presenting them. So, uh, you know, HR professionals, 50-50, you know, can go either way. Um, But whatever you do decide to do, keep the copies or not, you have to be consistent across the board with the I-9s. Okay. So a question for you. I know that um, does there actually have to be a physical copy of the documents or can they – be scanned and stored in a virtual space. What are your recommendations on that? So, yes, in today's day and age with the electronic versions, uh, the Department of Labor has updated their rules and regulations to allow electronic versions. Um, Scanned copies are fine. Uh, Scanned uh, and electronic versions of I-9s are fine, too. There are stipulations on if you are doing electronic, let's say, onboarding where the employees go online and complete their paperwork. You know, you have to have the right wording for your electronic signature. But for the most part, anything scanned and kept in electronic files, as long as they are accessible, you know, if the Department of Labor comes on site and does an audit, as long as they are accessible to them, um, that's the number one rule that, that they're going to be looking for. Okay, gotcha. So a question that I have personally is labor law posters. Um, I remember most recently in a previous business without employees, it seems like every month I would get some kind of solicitation for <laughs> new labor law posters. And it seems like there's so many companies that do that. So what's kind of the skinny on that? Is that something you have to have or are these companies just trying to sell us something? Um, educate us on that a little bit. Yes, a good question. We get that all the times too, because and and even myself, you know, get so many postcards or little notices. You know, labor laws are changing. Uh, purchase these, and they'll give you um, a nice rate or fee for an mm-hmm. all-in-one comp- right. combined package. So, yes, the the labor law posters are required to be posted at an organization site. They they need to be posted where employees uh, in in plain sight for the employees to view. So typically you're looking at a break room or uh, where they clock in uh, every day. So uh, that is the requirement with the display of the labor law posters. Uh, I always suggest um, to go online to uh, whatever your state Department of Labor website is, and then the Federal Department of Labor website. So the the companies that uh, send out notices that say, hey, purchase these all in one, it, it is a nice piece. It, it's easy. You send them a check. They send you all the posters, the requirements you need. A lot of employers don't realize that these are free to you. If you go to the Department of Labor website and your state website, you can download 
every poster that's required. Now, it's not that nice, little, neat, laminated, all-in-one package, um, but they don't care how it looks as long as it's readable and displayed in the right area. That's the requirement that uh, uh, is needed for the organization. So, you know, we always suggest start there. Um, and you're going to get those, you know, labor laws are changing. This has changed. Again, those websites tell you, and of course, so does HR Works, you know, keep you updated on the ever-changing posters. And always in the bottom corner of the posters, you're going to see the publish date. So that's where you can tell if you have the most recent labor law posters. Okay, gotcha. Great information. Thank you for that. Um, another question I have for you is regarding when you're going through and hiring somebody, do they have to fill out an employment application to work for you or is a resume sufficient? Is there any kind of specific requirement or recommendation that you can share regarding that? An employment application is not required, but we highly recommend to use one. And here are the reasons for that. On the employment application, typically um, before the uh, applicant signs off on it, there's a statement that says everything I listed here is true and to the best of my knowledge. You know, when you receive your resume, um, as most people do, they like to <laughs> exaggerate maybe a little bit on the resume. We've all done it. Um, so, and, you know, they want to make themselves look good by sending in that resume and get that interview, which is understandable. Uh, and after the interview, that's typically when we ask applicants to fill out the application also on the application, what sometimes is used is the authorization to release information for the employer to run a background check. Mm -hmm. um, now, these forms, a lot of times we suggest you go ahead and have a separate form to run a background check, and we suggest you don't really run a background check um, unless you're down to the last stages of the interview process and you're pretty sure you're going to move forward. But, uh, you know, it has the application has that legal wording on it. Um, of course, you can't have uh, the date of birth on an application. Uh, we're, we're now uh, suggesting that you don't even ask them for their Social Security number on the application. Um, and that way, if you uh, in, turn around and end up hiring this applicant, uh, because of the skills that they stated that they have. And then you realize a couple weeks into the job, you know, there's no way <laughs> that this is accurate. It mm -hmm. does give you the right to let them go uh, if it's determined that they falsified their information wow. on the application. Got it. Um, also, a, a key area on the application, the question uh, a lot of employers like to see is is if they've uh, been convicted of a of a felony um, or any criminal offense. So that also helps. Uh, a lot of times, applicants may not be um, forthcoming in that information. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you put that question there, 
And, and there's some other guidelines based upon, you know, do you hire, not hire, you know, based upon how they answer that question. But at least you ask the question and, you know, if they falsify that information, that's when you go back to that application. Yeah. You know, I think that there's a movie that just came out about someone falsifying their application. In fact, I just looked it up. It's called Second Act. It's got J-Lo in it. Have you seen this movie or have you heard about it? I've, I've seen I've heard about it. I've not okay. seen it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because we were, my wife and I, we were trying to figure out a movie to watch this weekend. And that one came up. She's like, oh, I love J-Lo. That'd be great. But I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but it's all about not quite being honest and all that and I'm right. sure good story and all that. But when you were talking about people not necessarily always being honest on their resume or whatever, I thought of that movie. And it's kind of funny though, that even a movie is made about that subject. So, um, well, let me ask, going back to the employment applications as well, on what you said, it makes a whole lot of sense. So with your clients at HR Works, do you have like a specific base version of an application or do you guys go through in maybe even depending on the industry or what their needs are, custom create employment applications to serve their specific needs? Typically, we have a template, uh, not only of application, but for any type of employment form. Okay. Um, there, you know, we have a standard template. Then we let the employer review and see if there's some additional pieces that, you know, you might want to ask on the application. But for the most part, your application, regardless of the industry and what you're looking for, is going to be pretty much standard, asking the same questions, uh, looking for the same uh, uh, reference, you know, employee references they list on the application, uh, any of their skills, past employment history. Um, I always love the question, you know, reason for leaving, uh, you know, and some of the responses that we get typically you follow up on, on those mm-hmm. responses that, that they put there. But uh, for the most part, your application is going to be pretty standard regardless of your organization or industry. Okay, gotcha. So let me ask you this. So let's kind of fast forward here a little bit because the actual, I guess, hiring process, the interviewing process and all that, I mean, that's a topic I'm sure you could talk about for days upon days. <laughs> um, but let me just... As an overview, do you and the team at HR Works, do you help your clients go through that client selection process and help them understand what they need to do from a interviewing standpoint, what to look for, what kind of assessments and tests? Do you do all that? We absolutely provide those resources. Um, I always give my disclaimer that we are not a staffing agency or a recruiting firm. Mm-hmm. But our expertise comes in when they actually become an employee. Okay. But we absolutely want to provide you with the resources and, and assistance to find that right applicant, uh, all okay. the way from the job posting, how that looks, uh, to where we're going to post that job, <clears throat> how we're going to network and get that information out there. And then we do do initial phone screens and Mm -hmm. it's a very basic phone screen we just want to go over 
the actual job duties, the hours, where we're located, and uh, we always discuss the pay range. A lot of times, um, especially with the new technology now, when you put your posting out on a job posting board, applicants can sometimes pay a fee that when a new job posting um, comes out that it looks for key words and it will automatically send the resume uh, to that you know employer and sometimes um, the employee or the applicant doesn't even review the job posting so wow. we always want to make sure that we go over that information we and we talk about pay range you know a lot of uh, you know I talked to several, uh, candidates or applicants that say, you know, they like what we were talking about. They beef up their resume to look really good on paper so they can get in on that interview. And a lot of applicants feel like if they can just get in front of them and hear how good they are, that they'll pay them what they need to be paid. And mm -hmm. that's not necessarily true. I mean, right. you know, organizations have budgets. Um, you, and you have to hire and keep your pay ranges consistent across the board to ensure, you know, there's, you know, for one thing, no discrimination across the board. So um, it's, you know, we'll, we'll assist with that process. And then technically, you know, then we hand it off to the hiring manager. And of course, we have resources and different uh, information that they can utilize in doing their interview will always help them develop interview questions. You know, you have your behavioral questions that you want to ask, and then you have your specific industry, specific skills questions. And we really assist um, very well in this area because we know you have to dig deep and you can't just say, for example, um, you know, do you know how to use Excel? Uh, or, you know, any applicant will say yes. But when you ask them, you know, how about the formulas and, and formatting different cells and things? Uh, well, no, I haven't done that. Well, then you don't know how to use Excel. So you, you have to really formulate your interview questions so you truly get the most information out of that applicant as, as possible. So we absolutely provide those resources and we'll assist them in, in preparing for that interview. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's fast forward then to an employee has been selected and a person has been hired to come on board. The 90-day window in my experience is so important because we don't always really know what a person is going to be like to work with until we actually experience that because right. even through a very thorough interview process, you get a glimpse and a window of the person, but you don't really know the whole person. So what are your recommendations for employers to have a process or go through that 90-day evaluation period to really see if an employee or if a person's going to be the right fit for an organization. And I assume you guys help folks walk through that as well? Yes. So we, we will assist with the onboarding process and then evaluations, whether it's 30, 60, 90-day evaluations. 
and the questions to ask, the things to look for within that time frame to determine if this truly is the right applicant uh, for the position. Uh, and we always tell the employee, too, that it's also a time for you to make sure that this is the right position for you. So during that, definitely during the first 30, 60 days, uh, we say that, you know, constant communication has to be going on with the employee. First of all, it's first impression. So when a new employee comes on to your organization, you want them to feel welcome, to feel valued, uh, to give that to give them that attention immediately. Um, it's, you know, for it, put yourself in their shoes. You know, everybody's typically a little nervous when you start a new job and the more comforting you can make it for that employee, the better they're going to be able to initially perform and you're going to be able to just see those results immediately. So we always suggest to have an onboarding actual uh, agenda and outline. Now, typically the onboarding lasts, you know, maybe a week, maybe 10 days, no more than that. But during that onboarding process, they are sitting with individuals at the organization or training with specific individuals. And um, you're having people give them attention and, uh, you know, basically holding their hand during the first, you know, days that they're there. Um, and this is important because you're going to put time and effort into, you know, this employee. So when you're spending this time and effort to then after 60 days, that employee say, uh, you know, it's just not working out. I'm out of here. I mean, that's very deflating a lot of times to employers. Sure. You're like, oh, I got to start over with the whole process. And, you know, this is going to set us behind. So the whole onboarding, we call it the return of investment on your uh, new employee is very important. And we will assist in that, those stages and the, and the constant communication. And that's why we feel like having uh, an HR department will assist you in that. We know that you're running your business and other things are going on, but that employee knows that they also have uh, point of contact that if they do have any questions, mm -hmm. maybe they don't feel comfortable just yet asking their manager or, you know, they can see that, you know, the, the boss is, is, you know, busy doing other things. Um, we always tell them, start with us, reach out to us. Uh, you know, if we don't know the answer, then we'll definitely put you in contact with the person who does. So mm -hmm. um, those, those initial days are, are very important. And, and our rule of thumb is try to know within the first 70 days. Um, we say that because unemployment claims um, an employee to be eligible for unemployment off of your unemployment account, they have to be there for at least 70 days. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, if they're there, let's just say 100 days. Uh, and you just realize it's just not working out and it's not due to any type of misconduct or they're not following things. You just realize, you know, they don't have that skills, that knowledge to do it. So after a hundred days, you let them go. Potentially they could claim, uh, unemployment off of your account. So, uh, it's not, you know, a, a necessity. It's kind of just a rule of thumb that we put out there to, 
just minim minimalize, you know, uh, your unemployment claims okay. and the potential to uh, for that uh, percentage to increase. Okay. And, you know, one of the things that I think I heard you say is that with the services that you provided HR Works as well, especially with the employee just coming on board, I think it's fair to say sometimes that, especially new entrepreneurs, they may be emotionally, in one way or the other, invested in their employees or just have kind of a different viewpoint on that employee, whereas you, as HR experts, you're coming in, you've got no emotional investment or financial investment within the organization, meaning you're looking at it almost as a transaction, like you hope that person works out for the entrepreneur because it's who they selected as an employee. But if it doesn't, that's okay because you're there just as almost that mediator, if that's the right word. What I'm trying to say here is that you can professionally look and assess and evaluate all these situations because you're a third party looking into it versus being directly in the midst of it all. Is that a fair way to look at that or summarize that? That is, Adam. Um, we, being a third party advocate, being off site, not being there, getting caught up maybe in, in a lot of the talk, the gossip, um, we look at the true, I guess, concepts of employment. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we know that, you know, even if the uh, employee is a great guy, you know, tries very hard, what we're going to look at are, um, for example, on like an evaluation, those evaluations have goals and uh, standards to uh, look at to determine if this employee is the right uh, fit for the company. So we do try to direct the employer down that path. Now, you know, being a third party, I always think we, you know, we, of course we have the best job because uh, we do kind of have that detachment. Um, so we can advise that way. But again, we're like a vendor. We're, we're a third party uh, contractor. Uh, we want to be a part of your team, but uh, we don't have those rose colored glasses on. We can advise, but ultimately it's up to you. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you, you make the decisions. We provide you with the tools, the advice, the resources. You know, if we say, you know, on this evaluation, uh, it looks like after we went through it, they're below average. You know, they've been spending 60 days. You know, I think you, you got to cut your losses somewhere. But you tell us, gosh, what they're trying so hard. I really like this guy. He's, he's you know, uh, made the work environment happy, gets along with everybody. Then then no problem with us. It's your organization. We want mm -hmm. you to do what you want to do, but we will keep, you know, a finger on it with you. We'll, we'll help you uh, during that. If you come back to us, we're going to ask you maybe 30 days later, Hey, has this gotten better? Well, mm -hmm. no, not yet. But, and we're going to say, okay, this is what you're going to run up against. Uh, you know, uh, you wanted this person to be up and going, but you know, within 90 days, you're falling behind here. Where is that going to put you in your organizational goals? So we try to pull you back in 
you know, to that because we are that outside third party. Um, but again, it's your organization. Uh, you do what you, you want to do with, with the employees and with the processes and, and everything. We're just here to advise and assist. Wow. So, Christy, this has been such an education. There are two things specifically that I've learned today that I didn't know. So um, one of those was that, did you say before that Kentucky just has, or yeah, I believe it was Kentucky, has a flat 5% withholding? Yes, that was just recently changed, I think within a year. So it's up to, I believe it's 2,500. and if you read, there's a new tax, Kentucky state tax form out there. If you read the form, there's some uh, exclusions like military and okay. um, different things. And if you want to have additional withholdings, you would mm-hmm. fill out that form too. But but okay. yes, that is something new. Wow. And so that there just shows the value of having an expert like Christy and her team to help because I'm going to venture to say that a lot of small business owners aren't aware of those things. And folks like Christy, this is their job. This is what they do. And they're there to protect entrepreneurs and small business owners from these things they don't know. And I know a lot of the entrepreneurs that I work with, and even a lot of things I hear about there is that initial 90 day period. Well, from your experience, you advise on a 70 day period, and you've got a really good basis for that. So um, those two things are really key takeaways for me from a very specific standpoint, but also the importance of being proactive with this because, you know, many times everything's going to go okay. There's not going to be issues. There's not going to be any problems, but boy, I know a few folks that they assumed everything was going to be okay. They didn't do what they needed to do or take some of these proactive measures and it wound up and it got really, really nasty and ugly because he had to terminate an employee. They didn't take the necessary steps. They didn't do the file documentation. We haven't talked a lot about that today, and we're going to run into a a gap where we're not going to be able to talk about it, but maybe that can be a conversation for a future episode of Winning at Small Business. Um, But there's just so many things that, you know, yeah, you do have to hope for the best, but sometimes you have to prepare for the worst and be proactive. And it sounds like that's what you and your team do you help these organizations be aware of and think about things that they may not know to think about? And you're right, Adam. When you start a new company, typically everything will start off good, especially with the initial employees that you hire. Most of the time you know those mm-hmm. employees, so you trust them, you feel confident with them. And where we typically see things start to happen is is obviously when you start growing. Um, and Typically, small businesses that are successful, right from they grow fast, and uh, having these things outlined prior to that growth definitely helps in the long run. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, Chrissy, this has been absolutely amazing, and thank you so much for the education here this morning. Let me ask if a person wants to know more about the work that you do with HR Works. How can they contact you and learn more about what you can offer for their organization? Sure. And and I want to thank you, Adam, for the opportunity. I, I can always talk about HR all day long. <laughs> so um, anybody feel you know free to give us a call and just have discussions. So 
<clears throat> we we do have a website. Uh, it's hrworksinc.com. And then you can reach us at our office. It's 502-882-1707. But our website is interactive. You can uh, just uh, drop us an email from our website and ask any questions or ask to be contacted. And what we like to do for new companies is do a complimentary review of an employee handbook. That's a whole nother topic, like you said, that we can jump on. Again, it's not a requirement, but it's one of those nice to have. But we offer a um, free uh, complimentary review of your handbook just to uh, make sure you have the right things in there that will help your organization from the start to the finish. Wow, that's an amazing benefit. And the fact that you do that as a complimentary evaluation that's huge. So if you're a small business owner out there listening to this, whether it's on the live show or it's a podcast, make sure that if you're unsure about your handbook, if it needs to be updated, or even if you don't have one, make sure you test base with Christy because she'll be able to point you in the right direction. And also, yes. um, Christy's contact information will be listed in the show notes as well on our website. So that way, they can go directly to you, Christy. So, well, thank you again for the time this morning. This has been a great um, opportunity to educate and inform. And um, it's been great to hear about your story into this as well. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you again, too, for the opportunity. You're welcome. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Okay. You too.